Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection Podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 222 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And as always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you in your earbuds again this week. And a huge thank you to all of you who have left ratings and reviews wherever you listen to this podcast, but especially in Apple Podcasts. Like I said, it's one of the best ways to show your support for the show because it tells the I don't know, the algorithm gods and goddesses of the podcast world that people like the show and they should put the show in front of other people just like you. So thank you so much for helping me out with that. If you have not left a rating review, I would be so grateful if you took a couple minutes to do that. Again, it's super easy, super quick, and it helps me a ton. So thank you. Thank you. And I also love hearing from you on Instagram. So thank you for those who have been DMing me and commenting on my photos. I really love to hear about what's going on for you and what questions you have and what I can support you with. That inspires a lot of the content for this podcast. And it also inspires the offerings that I create and the workshops and the challenges and all of those things. So thank you for being in touch with me. If you have not, then I would love to hear from you. I'm Veronica E. Grant on Instagram. And if you're not on Instagram, that's totally fine. You can drop me an email. Hello at veronicagrant.com. I will admit I'm a little slower to reply on email, but I'm super fast on Instagram. So if you want to connect with me there, I would love to learn more about you. I'm really grateful for my caller today because we're going to talk about something that it definitely gets talked about a lot on the show, meaning like the topic comes up, but we haven't really dove in how to deal with it. And it's kind of like a silent killer and often gets brushed under the rug and it's not talked about nearly enough. And that is addiction. 
You may know someone who is addicted to something. You may be addicted to something yourself. You might have been raised by someone who was addicted to something. And my guess is that you probably know people in your life right now that are addicted to some sort of substance and you don't even know about it. This is something that is not widely talked about. There's a lot of shame, there's a lot of hiding, and there's a lot of pretending like it doesn't exist. So I really, really appreciate Tiffany for bringing this question to this podcast. Now, here's the thing. Addictions aren't really about the physiological addictive qualities. Now, yes, it's totally true. Sugar is highly addicting. The body literally is like, give me more sugar. And same with drugs. Many of them also have very physically addicting qualities. But just because something doesn't have a physical or physiological addiction doesn't mean that it's not an addiction or not a problem. As humans, we all experience some forms of distress. We all experience anxiety, sadness, grief, stress, loneliness, and so on at some point. Unless you are living under a rock and are really, really good at suppressing your feelings, you feel it all and there's no avoiding it. And listening to this podcast or doing the work that I talk about on this podcast isn't about not feeling those things ever again. It's about what do you do when you do feel those things? Do you let them erode at your self-worth or do you use them as opportunities to heal and grow as a person? So a coping strategy for feeling stress can be a jog, it can be journaling, it can be meditation, it can be connecting with your inner child, but it can also be turning on Netflix and binging for hours. It can also be getting high. It could also be drinking alcohol. It can also be doing online shopping forever and ever. It could also be getting back on Tinder and looking for someone to distract yourself with. You could also be addicted to sex. You could be addicted to dating. You could be addicted to work and your success. Really, anything can be addictive, even things that are good for us, like exercise. And yes, you can definitely be addicted to personal development. That is definitely a thing. So my caller today is in a relationship with someone who is addicted to marijuana, and it's disrupting their relationship, and she's unsure what to do. Now, what I want you to pay attention to is what's really going on. As you listen to my coaching conversation with Tiffany, you might find yourself wanting to pass judgment or wanting to think, oh, well, she should definitely do this. It feels so obvious. She should totally leave him. But I want you to ask yourself, where are you playing out the same thing? Now, you may not be in the same situation as Tiffany, but where are you playing out something in your head over and over again, looking for excuses for... And yet it's something that's really deeper that's going on that you're either not able or not willing to see. So what challenging thing in your own life do you experience that is really about something else? Now, I know that sounds a little cryptic, but you'll definitely see what I mean once we get into the conversation. So with that, let's dive right in. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, thank you so much for having me on. So I've been with my boyfriend for nearly three years now, and he has what I've come to notice as an excessive smoking marijuana problem, which is something I didn't know prior to us beginning dating and has become a huge issue and putting a large strain on our relationship. And we've kind of been fighting over it for a while. And I guess I'm just at the point where I'm wondering if I'm wasting my time over something that's a never ending issue or trying to reach a compromise. I just don't really know kind of what direction to go at this point. And I'm just super frustrated. Okay. So do you mean like exaggerating the issue, like 
it shouldn't be a big deal? And what does the compromise look like? So tell me a little bit about what the options are within the relationship. So when it began, it was pretty casual and social, which is something I didn't have a huge problem with. But then it became daily use, which is something I've always been uncomfortable with in terms of kind of the dependency, as I have this kind of background in my family already. So initially, when him and I have spoke about it, it was kind of just, hey, I'm a little bit worried about how much you're doing it. Perhaps you could cut back. But now it's come to the point where I try to put in boundaries, so to speak, which is an issue of its own, and kind of his usage and how much he's doing it, kind of with an end goal of quitting at some point in time. And that didn't really work out as well. So honestly, I'm at the point where I kind of want him to choose one or the other. Just because it's become such a big deal in our relationship and it's really affecting us and it's become a week-to-week argument. You mean by choosing one or the other, you mean he has to choose either you or the marijuana? Unfortunately, and I know it seems really controlling, but I feel like I've given him Why do you think that sounds controlling? I don't know. It's hard because... I know it's a big part of his life. Now I know that I didn't know that prior to dating him and perhaps I would have gone about this differently if I had. And I feel bad about taking somebody's coping mechanism away from them, if that makes sense, and a way for him to bond. Okay, with I'm going to pause you. I'm going to pause you. You said there's an addiction history in your family? Correct. Okay. Tell me about that. Um, my mother is an alcoholic and we're not very close because of it. So I feel like it's not necessarily the smoking itself I have a hard time with. It's kind of the behavior behind it. He does it in a very kind of sneaky, deceptive way a lot of the time. And it's very triggering for me in a way. And he's very yeah. well aware of my issues with my mom. And okay, I try I'm going to pause you. Okay, to him. pause you again. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. You're, you're doing a really good job. I'm going to pause you though, because I want to go back to mom. Was she an alcoholic when you were growing up and you were, were you living in the same house with her? Yes, it started probably when I was around 12 and still exists today and I'm 25. Okay. okay. And tell me what your relationship was like with her when you were younger living in a house when she was an alcoholic. Um, it was pretty stressed. It was just, my parents are split. So when I was living with her, it was just her. Mm-hmm. And I also have a younger sister about 10 years younger than me. So she was fairly young at the time. So I felt like I had to be very independent and I kind of had to raise her in a way I never expected. That's what I was going to say. Were you taking care of your sister and or mom? Like, did you actually become like the stand-in spouse? I guess I could consider that. I felt like I had a lot of responsibility and I had to tiptoe and walk on eggshells a lot. Yeah. So the answer is yes. Yeah. (laughs) And you walked on eggshells so that you wouldn't? I think when she was drunk, she was a very defensive aggressive person and it was to avoid confrontation and kind of any aspect. Okay. So I'm going to say something, but it's not to critique. It's just to like, let's just call it what it is, but you were enabling her behavior by you being able to be independent, take care of yourself, take care of your sister, stay out of her way. When she was drinking, you allowed her to continue with the, not, not that it was your fault, but you just enabled the behavior. Right. Allowed her to still live the life she was living. Yeah. My family wasn't aware of anything going on. And I guess I didn't really realize it was a problem to the magnitude it was. Yeah. Yeah. And look, when we're little, we don't necessarily have a lot of options, right? Because it's if you're 10 or 11 or even 12 or even like 14 or 15, and this is going on, you can't just be like, mm, I'm going to peace out. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to you know, you probably can't get a full-time job or if you go to that point, like you probably not enough to pay for rent and your own groceries. You can't drive anywhere. So what are you going to do? Right. You've got to stay and you did the best you could. And so you're like, I'm just going to take care of things and keep some semblance of peace 
of security of, you know, keeping the chaos, you know, to a minimum. Does that feel true? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And what did that get you? I mean, it's been difficult. Like I said, we're not very close and it's also a strain on a relationship between her and her family, her and my sister. I mean, my sister and I don't live together either. Let me um, clarify the question. When you were younger and Mm -hmm. you did all these things to, you know, quote unquote, help your mom, what did that get you? You did that because? I don't know. I was just trying to maintain everything, I guess. I think it was a lot for my sister. Mm -hmm. So do you identify as being a pleaser, a people pleaser at all? Um, I would say probably more than not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sure, it is a spectrum. But now other than keeping the peace, did you want to, like, do you remember times when you wished you had a different mom or when you craved her attention or you craved her love? Do you remember? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And so what did you do to get that? I mean, like since then, we've tried to patch things a couple of times. But I think to me, there will always be this image of who my sober mom was. And that's a person I'll never get back. Yeah. Yeah. And you got your heart broken by her. Yeah, several times. Yeah. And what was the final heartbreak? Like you said, you don't really talk to her. You're not that close to her. So when did you finally cut the cord, so to speak? There's definitely been a few times I felt like I've given her a chance and it just kind of blew up in my face. And I tried to cut ties a few times and received a lot of backlash from my family for it. But she kind of bailed out on my university graduation the day of. So that's something I'll never forget, I guess. Yeah. So to me, it feels, okay, let me ask you this. What kind of emotional work have you done around having your heart broken by your mom? I'm not really sure. It's a good question. I mean, it's something people, I don't talk too much, of course, with people. and They'll ask me certain questions about kind of, oh, yeah, how did you work through it and such? And I'm not really sure I have entirely done that, I guess. I guess a lot of venting with my family because, I mean, they've been dealing with her for as much longer than I have. And that helps. But And how do you think you're continuing to cope with your mother breaking your heart? I think I still try to maintain some sort of relationship with her in hopes that eventually she'll change and it'll turn around. But I mean, it's been like 12 years now and I'm sure some of the behaviors change, but we don't live together now. So I don't see that like on a day to day basis, but right. Can I tell you something else you're doing? Sure. (laughs) Well, you're, you're kind of in a relationship with your mom all over again right now. Yes. That's what it feels like. So, you know, with your, with your partner now and telling him, what you need or what you want or whatever in the relationship, you know, you're, you're probably enabling his behavior and his behavior goes way deeper than you or his relationship with you. Right. Right. Like why do you think your mom drank or maybe you know why your mom drank? I remember when it had begun like under my supervision, so to speak, she kind of had a big surgery done which led to her losing her job. And I think she just got super depressed. Mm -hmm. But from since then and talking to a lot of my family, you know, the older I grow, I learned a lot of things I didn't know before. I think she just kind of had these tendencies always. And she previously was a drug user for a portion of her life as well. Mm -hmm. I think my mom's always kind of felt like the black sheep in the family. And she had me extremely young, 18 slash 19. So I think I always felt like she missed out on a lot of her childhood because she had me. Mm -hmm. So she didn't 
know how to manage her emotions or cope with her emotions. No. Right. And so why do you think your boyfriend smokes? Um, we've talked about it a couple times. I think it's always important to kind of reflect on your usage and why it is. Mm-hmm. And he's told me a couple reasons. Originally, when he had started smoking excessively, because he wasn't smoking for like the first eight months of our relationship, which is why the fact that we've come to this much of a problem was really shocking. Mm-hmm. But he had begun working nights at security. And so kind of that off sleep schedule, he was smoking to get to sleep. I'm somebody who's never smoked, so I'll never quite understand, which is also an argument we have as well. Um, but for that kind of usage, I, I could understand. But now I think it's it's that plus the social. He's got a very close-knit friend group who's very much involved in that. I think it's just very normalized for him because even uh, one of his parents uses regularly. You don't believe that he has any of these addictive qualities with smoking, you know, because he has any kind of, you know, emotional things he's not able to deal with. I'm not sure. I think he has referred to it as a coping mechanism before. I know in a recent discussion we had regarding it, he did recently tell me how he did initially start smoking because somebody very close to him has passed away. And like I have mentioned, I I haven't smoked before. So coping that way is something I don't personally understand, but I felt like I couldn't fault him for that. But His communication over this kind of issue has been pretty poor. I feel like he is very closed off emotionally sometimes. I mean, he's definitely grown since we've been together, but I feel like he doesn't really know how to properly communicate, you know, why he feels like he needs it or why he uses it. He's tried, but um, it's still hard for me to understand on my end. Yeah. What do you want from this really, or what do you want to happen in this relationship? You mean beyond this issue itself? Well, I mean, you know, you started the question with, you know, should we reach some sort of compromise? You know, you basically, you know, gave him an ultimatum like marijuana and you might have a similar ultimatum like, okay, you have to choose me or the marijuana or I'm going to leave rather than putting it all on. Right. So what do you want? Initially, I did want to come to some sort of compromise, but I feel like Every time we talk about this and he says he's going to do something or makes these promises and commitments and he breaks them or lies to me even, I feel like I don't have enough trust to compromise, which is why the ultimatum itself came about. So really, I just want to reach a consensus and know whether or not he's going to do it or is able to do it. Otherwise, I feel like I can't continue to deal with it. Right, right. Hey there, I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know about a brand new free workshop I've created. It's called the five step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. In the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in. The number one reason why successful women specifically struggle in love and of course what to do about it and how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life. And of course, so much more. If you like my style, my philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, you're going to love this workshop. I teach you the why and how behind a lot of what I do while even digging a bit into the science of love so you can begin to see real change in your own love life. It's really all of my best work in one place, and you can access the free workshop right now. You don't have to spend years in therapy or read every damn book in the self-help aisle to dramatically transform your love life. If you feel like you have it all but love, this is 100% for you. So grab your free seat at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. 
And what do you think keeps you holding on to the relationship? I mean, I know it's terrible to say history, but three years is still a decent amount of time. And it has been good up until this issue. It's just been a huge strain since it's become so excessive. Right. Look, here's what we know about addiction, you know, and I'm just going to use what you told me about your mother. I'm not, you know, talking about anything else. Yep. In order for your mom to stop drinking, she would need a lot of support. She would probably need to go to AA. She would probably need some sort of therapist who has a specialist or specializes in addictions. And she would probably need to go to some sort of therapy that also did inner child work so that, you know, she can clear and heal whatever emotional wounds got her to begin drinking and using drugs in the first place. Does that feel correct? Yeah. And we've definitely been down some of those paths for sure. Okay. Okay. And so to think that your boyfriend is just going to be able to stop smoking one day, is that realistic? Um, it's hard to say, I guess, the addictive quality of alcohol versus marijuana is pretty debatable, so to speak. Um, at least that's what people tell me. But yeah, so look, like you're playing out this thing with your mom, right? Because you were this little girl who just wanted her mom and she wanted some peace and stability in her house. She wanted someone to look after her and someone to nurture her. And also she had to do a lot of pretending because at least when you're a little, no one knew what was going on. Right. Right. And so when you're in that state, you're very, I don't want to say naive, but um, you're very malleable. People can make you think what they want you to think. Yeah. Right. And you're also a pleaser. So you get a lot of your worthiness from, you know, helping your mom or getting those little moments of when you did get her love or attention. Right. And that left a huge void in your life. Like the mother wound and father wound are huge. And that's why basically all of my coaching episodes in this podcast, and why I created the course on her child work, like it just all goes back to this. Like you have to address it. You can't pretend like you can just deal with something in present time and not look back into the past to see how that might be affecting your decisions or behaviors or beliefs or whatever. Right. Right. So there's a part of you that wants to fill this void with mom and you're playing it out with this boyfriend who I think, you know, deep down is not going to be able to just decide to stop smoking. Cause you know what, if he does have some sort of an addiction, it's just going to get transferred to something else. Right. You, know, you stop smoking marijuana. And yeah, like, look, I don't know the science behind marijuana and alcohol super well. Maybe it's true that, you know, physiologically marijuana doesn't have much physical addiction. I don't really know one way or the other, but I can tell you that's not like, that doesn't mean it's not an addiction. Right. Right. Like my understanding is, you know, when it comes to like nicotine, like cigarettes, that takes like 72 hours to like detox the physical addiction, like like the body needing like nicotine. And I know that it's similar for caffeine. I don't know exactly if it's 72, but I think it's around that time. And yet, I mean, whether you know it anecdotally or maybe someone personally, like it takes a lot more than just three days to quit cigarettes. Yeah, of course. It takes a lot more than three days to quit coffee. Right. And that's because there's an emotional addiction. There's the habit, but there's also the emotional addiction Mm -hmm. of just not being able to deal with stress or anxiety or depression or grief or whatever the emotion is. And so we reach for the bottle or we reach for the lighter or we reach for, you know, and it even can be like addiction to success. Like we can be addicted to like 
you know, getting the next promotion or working, 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 or we can be addicted to sex or we can be addicted to food. We can be, we can be addicted to anything. And like some of those things don't literally have a physiological addiction to them. Right. Right. It's that emotional or a lack of emotional ability to deal with our emotions. And maybe, and this is a hunch, I don't know this for sure, but maybe this guy is trying to, you know, tell you something to make you feel better about his smoking or whatever. But maybe the truth is, is that he doesn't really have the ability to, you know, deal with the addiction, or at least not in this moment in time. Mm -hmm. And yet on some level, because you're enabling him, he's getting his needs met. And so he doesn't really have a real incentive to change his ways. Does that make sense? It does. I just wish he had the drive. I've made it very clear how I stand on the issue. And we've probably nearly broken up twice, not just because of it specifically, but with a big part. Right. So I guess I just wish that was a drive enough. And I felt like I've given him, it's probably been brought up over the last two years, honestly. So I felt like he's had so much time because he keeps saying, oh, I need to do it at my own pace and this and this. And I'm like, I feel like I've given you nothing but time and freedom to do it. Well, you've been enabling. Right. Right. And so why would he change? And also you attracted him from inner child wounds, right? Like he was a lot like a mom and he's going to be able to fill that void and then you can take care of him and that can like play out some old stuff for you. I didn't know that from the beginning though. Frankly, I, I, I probably wouldn't be in the relationship if I knew Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I know. I know. I'm just, you know, reflecting back what I'm seeing as, you know, right. a third party observer. And, but we also know is that he has his own inner child stuff, mm-hmm. right? So for whatever reason, he attracted you from his inner child wounding. And it's very, 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 very hard for two people to heal their inner child wounds when it's playing out like this in a relationship when you're together. And it's going to be hard for you and it's going to be hard for him. It's going to be hard for him because you're enabling him. And so he doesn't have real incentive to stop. And it's going to be hard for you because it's kind of like, you know, someone who's an alcoholic who's trying to stop drinking, but yet like they hang out at the bar every day. There's just like triggers all over the freaking place. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it's like, you're trying to stop this habit, this belief system that leads you to be the enabler in relationships. And yet you're in an enabling relationship right right now. And so there's just like triggers all over the place. I can't tell you what to do because I don't tell my clients what to do ever. I can ask questions and I can guide you. But if I were you, I would leave this relationship because it's not going to change. That's what I'm worried about. And you're not going to be able to change him, nor is it your job or responsibility to change him. Right. And that's probably part of the reason that keeps you staying because you wanted to change and help your mom so bad because you just wanted a mom. This is really about your mom. This is not about, this is not about this guy. It's just getting manifested in this relationship. What's coming up for you? Yeah. I I think I didn't realize how much was left undealt. How much was what? That I haven't really dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting your heart broken by your mom is a big fucking deal. It's a big deal. You know, and we haven't even talked about, you know, how dad might be playing a role. Even in his absence, that still plays a role. And we don't have to get into that. We don't have time. But you've got some inner child work here to do around this. And this is not insurmountable. This is not impossible. It just requires you to um, 
you already connected the dots, right? Like that's, you know, creating the awareness is sometimes the hardest thing because you don't know what you don't know. Right. But you do know, and not to say that you won't discover more connections or more dots or whatever, but you have a really strong one right now. And right now you have a little girl inside of you who just wants to feel loved and she keeps trying and trying and trying to get it from outside of herself. She tried to get it from mom. She tried to get it from her boyfriend now, and she just needs to get it from you. And that will over time fill the void that your mom left. That's creating this behavior of you wanting to, you know, be with people like this that you can fix or heal or. Right. Yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot of things today. (laughs) What'd you learn? I mean, when him and I have talked about her, he'll keep saying, oh, I'm not her and you need to deal with it, like kind of with what happened. But I didn't realize how big of a deal it was to me. It is a really big deal. And it's not fair that he puts every like all the emotional stuff on you. That's just another form of emotional unavailability. This guy's not emotionally available for you. And he's trying to make you think that he is because... Again, what's his incentive to change? You're enabling him. He's allowing, you know, he gets to have sex with you and he gets to also smoke pot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I know right. that's kind of like a very, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the word is, pregnancy brain right now, but like, put it bluntly, I know a relationship is more than that, but like, basically he's getting everything that he needs. No, oh, of course. And I always worried, even if he, because I mean, recently he did tell me, yes, he would quit, but I still worry, even if he says he does that. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, we don't live together. I mean, we spend a fair amount of time together, but what is he doing in the off hours? He's not with me. Or is this going to be a problem again in six months or a year? Like it's something I'm very well aware of. Yeah. And I don't want to get stuck in that. If there's no trust in the relationship, then like really love can't exist. I think, I mean, like, like it feels actually very logical when you think about it. Right. Trust the person. And again, like I get that sometimes you feel like there's love, but it's just you projecting that mom onto him. That's all it is. It's not real love. It's just that projection. Right. What are your next steps? Um, I feel like I really just need time to myself to figure things out. I keep trying to work it through with him. And I feel like when I'm at home and we're not together, it's, it's very clear that things aren't right. But then when I see him, it's different. Well, and that's the equivalent of like the alcoholic, you know, being away from the bar and being fine and then going into the bar and getting triggered. Right. And be like, oh, I just want to drink. Right. Or whatever the triggering thing might be. I'm not necessarily going to a bar from an alcoholic, but like for you, it's like when you have space, you're like, oh yeah, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not what I want. And then it's like, you see him and it triggers that mom stuff. Right. So I think I just need to pay attention to really what's best for me. Well, and also you need to mother that little girl. You need your mom. Yeah, she deserves it. <laughs> she definitely deserves it. I don't know if you've checked out Crappy to Happy, but it takes you through the exact process. I really recommend looking into that. All right. I definitely will. Okay, my dear. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much to Tiffany for coming onto the show and for asking this important question. Now you might notice when you're listening that I asked Tiffany a lot about her mom, and that's because I wanted her to see the parallels between her relationship with her mom and her current boyfriend. 
Now, as soon as she asked the question, and as soon as she talked a little bit about the situationship that she was in with her boyfriend, I had a really strong suspicion that she had been in a relationship like this before. Doesn't necessarily have to have been romantic, but she's just mentioned briefly that there was addiction in her family. And I immediately thought, oh, she took care of that person. She enabled that person and she just wanted their love. Now, I could have just come out straight up and said that. But I want you to notice that at the end of the episode today, she got pretty emotional. A lot of stuff began to come up for her. And one of the reasons, I'm not going to say why she got emotional because she knows that. It's her emotions, her body, her life. But my guess is that one of the reasons she got emotional is because she realized for herself that this situation was her mom all over again. So if you're a coach listening to this, you might be able to spot your client's patterns really easily, especially if you've been doing this for a while and just begin to see patterns over and over and over again. And I think it's really important for you to get the client as much as possible to see things for themselves. Otherwise, it's not gonna necessarily have that same umph. And not to say that it wouldn't have been helpful for Tiffany if I just come out straight and said it, but I think that when she was able to make those connections herself, then those insights and ahas were like, oh crap, you know, it like really, really hit deep. And that gave her what she needed in order to give her the will and the motivation to like, okay, I need to address this. This can't just get put on the back burner over and over and over again. So, well, yes, there may be some heartbreak from the relationship potentially ending. I believe that the real heartbreak was from this wound with mom and opening that up all over again. So I really appreciate how Tiffany said at the end of this episode that she was going to take some time to think things through. But what I really want her to focus on, and notice if you say this in your life too, that you're just going to think things through, is I really want you to focus on feeling things through. You can't think your way out of a heartbreak and you can't think your way to feeling. Tiffany needs to do the inner child work so she can heal the heartbreak from her mother. And even more importantly, so that she doesn't repeat the pattern of attracting someone else that she can heal and be an enabler for over and over again. Because until that is healed with her mom, she's going to keep trying to fill that void. And you cannot fill that void by thinking about it. You cannot fill that void by psychoanalyzing yourself. Yes, there has to be some mental thinking and some psychoanalyzing to connect the dots and make the connections. But once those dots are connected, it's boom. It's time to do the emotional healing work so that it can shift in the long term. Look, for those of you who think that whatever happened to you was a long time ago, or you don't have a relationship with that person anymore and they're not in your life, or your relationship is a lot better today than it was back then, that you know this shouldn't be that big of a deal, shouldn't be a thing you have to worry about, and it shouldn't be affecting you. But in the words of Joe Biden, I want you to hear this. The mother wound or the father wound is a big fucking deal. Pushing it down or thinking that it's over because it's in the past is going to solve your problem and allow you to attract whoever you want to attract is dead wrong. Look, it's not pleasant sitting in the muck of your emotions, but I told Tiffany after we stopped recording that letting the emotion out that she had was the best thing that she could probably have done for herself all day and maybe even all quarantine, right? Like I'm sure it felt 
at times uncomfortable for, but also in some ways it probably felt really cathartic just to really understand what was really going on. Because I think she was beginning to drive herself crazy. As you heard in her initial question, she kind of thought, well, maybe this is just asking for too much. Maybe I should compromise. So that tells me there's a little bit of spinning out. There's a little bit of doubting her own needs, her own desires, and her own worthiness of what she deserves in a relationship. And so my hope is that through the tears, she also got some relief and some release of like, oh yeah, I do deserve more. I do deserve what I want and what will make me happy and what will fulfill me. That's why I recommended her to check out my self-study e-course, Crappy to Happy. I take you through my signature inner child work process that we just can't squeeze into 30 minutes of time in a podcast coaching call. I help you connect the dots if you haven't already. I give you a process to sit through the muck, and I show you how to connect and heal with your inner child so that your patterns can change. And then most importantly, I show you how to apply all of that to your current dating life so that your patterns can actually change and you can actually attract a different kind of relationship and show up differently, more empowered in a romantic relationship. Plus at the end of the program, you get a bonus 30 minute coaching session with me so we can work on any kinks in your process. But I just want to be clear, this bonus will not be around forever because the baby is on the way and I won't be doing these calls during maternity leave. So you can register at veronicagrant.com forward slash courses. And that's also the place you can learn more and see if it's the next right step for you. So here are some key points that I want you to walk away with from this call. First one, you can't heal someone's pain. No matter what you do, no matter how you think you're making them feel, No matter what you don't do, whatever it is, you cannot heal someone's pain. You're responsible for your stuff. Other people are responsible for their stuff. Full stop. Next, be weary of promises people make. I saw a post on Chani Nichols' Instagram, and Chani Nichols is an amazing astrologer that I love, and her post said, are they scared of committing or are they just getting what they want from you without having to meet your needs? And I perhaps very bluntly said to Tiffany, He gets to have sex and he gets to smoke. So why would he change? He's getting what he wants. He's clearly not interested in an emotionally deep relationship because he has his own way of dealing with his emotions through smoking. So he's fine. And she's not because she's not getting her needs met. And so this is the very definition of being an enabler. Now, yes, there might be small moments of time when she feels that love or attention from him, but it's fleeting and it's not based on anything real. Next, if you're in a relationship with an addict or were raised by one, I highly recommend seeking support like Al-Anon, and I'll put a link to the show notes where you can look for an Al-Anon group in your area. Next thing I want you to take away, when two people attract each other based on inner child wounding, it is very, 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 very difficult. I don't want to say impossible because I don't like to speak in absolutes, but as close as impossible as I can get, it is very, 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 very difficult to heal that while being in a relationship. Like I said, says Tiffany, it's just too triggering. Next, one reason why Tiffany was hesitant to let the relationship go is because she'd already committed three years. So what she's referring to is this idea of sunken costs. Well, I've already put three years into medical school. So like if I quit medical school now, then I've just lost all of that money and I'm never getting it back. And here's the thing. Yeah, maybe in that case, you really lost the money or in the relationship, you really lost the three years, but it's never going to be a waste 
because you're going to have learned something from it. And maybe it took Tiffany three years to realize that she still has a huge mother wound that she needs to do some work around if she wants to have the relationship that she wants to call into her life. So to learn more about this, I encourage you to check out my episode called Quit Happens with Lynn Marie Morsky. And we talk a lot more about sunken costs and how sunken costs are kind of like a fallacy. Quitting a relationship does not mean you gave up on it or it was a failure. It means the relationship expired and you got what you needed and it's time to move on. Now, let's just pretend for the moment that if it's a sunk cost, it's a cost you can't get back. Sure, you can't get three years of your life back, but you learn so much more. However, let's just pretend like it's a sunken cost and you can't get it back. Then I want you to think of perspective costs. This perspective cost is the cost that you could incur in the future, depending on what action you take today. So let's say Tiffany decided to stick this relationship out because she'd already been in the relationship for three years. And so she decides to put another year or two into the relationship. And then she's going to look back on it and she's going to say, well, I've already put four or five years into it, doesn't want to give up on it now. So like this whole sunken cost thing, like it's just a race to the bottom. At some point, you either have to accept the quote unquote sunken cost, or you have to look for a value that you got in another way, maybe learning a soul lesson or whatever it is, and then make a different decision so that the sunken cost doesn't keep building on itself over and over again. So again, I talk a lot about this with Lynn. So make sure you check out that episode, Quit Happens, and we'll put it in the show notes so you can click right on it on your podcast player if you want to listen. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you. I will see you next week for a brand new episode. And if you can relate to Tiffany or know that you have some inner child work to do, and you know that's preventing you from doing something that you know you need to do in present time, I really encourage you to check out my self-study course, Crappy to Happy. Remember, you get a coaching session with me, and I'm not sure how much longer that will be available because of the baby baby. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash courses to learn more and register. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.